lot of sleepless nights. Are we going to be able to pull this off? And the fact that it came out the way that it did, I mean, I, I couldn't be more happy and, and honored to have worked with such great people through the process. Good evening and welcome back to Skull Stories. I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw, coming to you from TCO Studios at Winter Park. Skull Stories, giving you a close-up look at someone or something, in the case of tonight, that has a profound place in Vikings lore. U.S. Bank Stadium now holds a profound place in Vikings history. It was a historical night on Sunday night with the Vikings defeating the Green Bay Packers in dramatic fashion to open U.S. Bank Stadium in the inaugural game. So to take a closer look at what it was like to get this stadium built, we've brought in a couple of insiders. It's Executive Vice President of Public Affairs and Stadium Development, Lester Bagley, and Executive Director of Communications, Jeff Anderson. Two people who are instrumental in what's been one of the biggest Vikings-related stories in the last um, 10, 12, 15 years, the building of U.S. Bank Stadium, which obviously now has been complete. Guys, we're through three games at the building. What do we think, Lester? Well, it's great, and uh, what a game uh, and what a program uh, topped off by an incredible victory and uh, really a great way to open U.S. Bank Stadium. But we're getting better every game, and uh, you know we, that's why we had the preseason, not just for the football team, but also for our operations crew and our game day production and for our fans to kind of get used to the building. But we saw everything on display, national TV, uh, what a great venue, uh, what, what a great night. So it really, it really uh, exceeded our expectations with uh, the, the experience that we delivered for fans and uh, game three. Uh, the Packer Viking uh, tilt was was awesome, and and the way it ended up couldn't have been, couldn't have been better. But uh, uh, great great stadium, incredible building, and great for the fans. You know the Vikings won, and so that was kind of a great um, a great way to put the finishing touches on a really long process. So I'm sure going home that night, you were pretty happy with how the first night in the stadium went. Yeah, I mean first and foremost to come away with the win was the most important thing, and um, to give that to our fans, you know, on opening night was was incredible. But just the entire the entire evening was almost surreal, you know, to um, to look out over the plaza and see thousands of fans wearing purple coming into the stadium to have family and friends in town to to enjoy it. Um, just that the long the long wait um, to have it over, and I kind of had said all along that um, I didn't think it would really set in until the the Packers game that that opener so um you know just just a lot of emotions excitement um you know nostalgia and it was just an incredible night all around you know Lester as the executive vice president of public affairs and stadium development obviously had a key role Jeff executive director of corporate communications you as well had a key role in it because you had to communicate a lot and you guys weren't um you had to wear hard hats when you went to visit the, the building but you didn't have to wear hard hats to help build it but you still had to do a lot of work with it communicating to media and the public so tell people a little bit what that was like because your career 
developed as the progress was made on the stadium. So that must have been kind of a, a fun role for you. Yeah, I can actually still remember the first time Lester asked me to to help him as an intern in 2003 in the offseason. I remember making the first contact sheet of who was going to work on the project. So it's uh, it's very surreal now to, to be able to look back and, and see this thing come to fruition. I'm just Fortunate that that Lester brought me in uh, early on and and let me be a part of a part of the team. But um, there were some bumps along the way. But you know, it really came down to from the communication standpoint during the process, our fans wanted to be involved. You know, they kept asking, "How can we get involved?" And we just gave them ways to 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 make their voices heard. And and really, it helped us, you know, push this thing over the top. So not only did you help get a stadium built, but you raised someone, Lester. <laughs> you, you raised Jeff. Well, he's uh, he's uh, surpassed expectations just. Like like the stadium and, and you know he's and I, I kid uh, him a lot about him being the maestro directing the media coverage uh, of, of the stadium because there's there's a lot of interest in as the stadium evolved both at the legislative uh, phase as well as in the design construction and we and part of that that didn't just happen that was intentional that was that was a push and that was uh, Jeff and the team really leading and, and directing the coverage of the stadium and, and working closely with the media and and through the media, our fans were following. And, and as we know, on Vikings.com, one of the, the highest-ranked websites in the NFL, and the, and the clicks that we get on stadium stories have been... Uh, they crush. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> incredible. Just a, just a ton of people following the stadium development through the website. And a lot of that is the exclusive content, the great insight that we've provided through Jeff and through the team. And again, very intentional, but but very important because that's how fans get excited and follow us and actually helped us in this whole process. Was that maybe one of the challenges was you want to promote the largest construction project in state history, right? But then there are also people involved, companies involved where some of the stuff has to stay behind the scenes, right? So was it tricky to balance that? Yeah, you know, you said it exactly. There was a balance of providing transparency and getting fans excited and and the public uh, keeping them in the loop you know throughout the construction process but at the same time this building needed to be built on time and on budget and so you know obviously the construction company Mortensen Construction wanted that was their primary focus our our focus was that as well as making sure our fans um, got excited and we could build up to this opening so we were constantly back and forth um, you know with that balance but we had great partners in Mortensen uh, in HKS and the stadium authority and allowing us to tell this story as we went along you know when you look back on it Lester and you first took over this role and this this job for um, for the Vikings in the new stadium, it's a lot like a head coach because these the coaches work all week to develop a game plan, and they think the game's going to go a certain way. Then you get out onto the field on Sunday, and sometimes you have to change. I'm sure you experienced some of that, right? Yeah, but really, our our strategy and our game plan wasn't complicated. I mean, we, it was it, for the 12 years that we spent at the Capitol, we would go back and and tell the story and talk about the benefits that the stadium's going to going to bring, and it's you know, at obviously has come to fruition as a great community benefit, economic energy, get the Super Bowl, all those things that we talked about came through. So it, w- it wasn't complicated, and it was a coalition-building exercise. It was mobilizing our fans, which Jeff talked about, and played a key role into getting our fans to the Capitol and also weighing in on the, on the legislation. So it was that, that phase of the, the project at the Capitol, uh, again, not complicated, just persistence and going back every year. The first 11 years were very difficult. The 12th year uh, was difficult, but that's the year that we got it across the goal line. And, 
And uh, so, you know, we, we had to we had to respond to, you know, a budget surplus, de- budget deficit, election year, non-election year, different governors, that type of thing. But from an overall messaging and strategy, it was pretty consistent. Uh, coalition building, mobilizing, and uh, and just talking about the benefits of of this incredible building, which we've now seen. Was there ever an aha moment? Was there an epiphany? Was there um, a night where you were at home and you're like, I think we're over the hump on this? Or can you look back on anything? I can. Just last Sunday, the Packer game. That's yeah. finally uh, the moment where um, where uh, it, we kind of could sit back and in you know, a great game and but and enjoy enjoy uh, the you know what we put in as a team as an organization a ton of people worked on this thing and 16 years since we started and and uh, and so that was that was really the the first time that to, to really kind of take it all in that that this we finally got there yeah how about for you Jeff I mean I, I remember you coming down to the studio so many times being like I know you got this going on guys but we got to go to the Capitol today like we have this press conference that just popped up like I'm sure you have memories like that too yeah there you know there was a moment where we realized the Vikings Entertainment Network was a huge asset for us and and you know the the lights sort of came on that hey we can tell our story our fans want to know the story throughout this process and we can tell it on on our own terms and and so you guys and the entire VEN crew was was so helpful I remember you know sitting at the Capitol just sitting in the hallways for hours waiting waiting and waiting and then being ready to go at the drop of a hat leave Winter Park we got to be over there in you know 20 minutes so um, it was a it was a huge asset for us but I think like Lester said you know it really didn't sink in until that until that Packers game I mean the the opening was the grand opening was great the preseason games were great but to really just to stand there and see see this building you know for the first regular season game that's where it, that's where yeah. it hits you know they always tell people um at like a, like the grammys or wherever like if you're going to start thanking people like you really should be careful about names because you're going to leave someone out you know and we have you guys here talking about this now but there are a lot of people inside this organization who played significant roles right i mean steve poppin and don becker and i mean all these people uh, talk about leading a team of people like that, Lester, because you were kind of at the forefront of it, but there were lots of qualified people um, with you helping to lead the charge. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as I said before, incredible team effort, and and um, and and we have a great team, great people, as well as uh, great professionals. And uh, so it was it was enjoyable. It was hard work, and it was you know long stretch, but. But it came through with uh, with the help of a lot of people, and you know, led by the Wilfs. I mean, you know, when the when ownership switched, and you know, we started this back in the previous ownership group with the Red McCombs uh, organization, and and with the ownership switch and the and the real estate expertise of the Wilfs and the patience of the Wilfs, the Wilfs at, at the same time impatient about let's you know keep pushing hard, but also patient with the process and understanding that sometimes you have to wait for a governor to to change. Mm-hmm. Or things like that. So you know, the Wilfs, uh, Kevin Warren, our our front office, and everybody, PR, you know, VEN, and everybody in the organization. But he also had a broader team of legislative support. You know, some of the best lobbyists in the state: Dave Johnson, Larry Redman, Judy Cook, and their team. So that was long haul that uh, a lot of people contributed to. Business leaders, labor leaders, you know, guys and gals came through to to really to help get this thing uh, uh, passed at the legislature. Yeah, and Jeff, you think um, you in this process of communicating and um, you know building a strategy and promoting, you made some friends, some allies, some 
associations with people that you can use in projects moving forward for the Vikings? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the biggest thing from from the media side, well, for one, it was I, I didn't have to make the tough decisions that these guys did throughout the construction process. I just got to tell the story, you know, to to our fans, and that was that was a lot of fun. Um, but but I think you know we we've really developed relationships with so many media outside of sports now um, that we'll be able to tell different stories about the organization uh, moving forward and in really unique ways. I mean, on a national level and a local level. I mean, now as we start the project in Egan, you know, there's going to be an opportunity to tell that story. Um, and what that looks like for our fans um, and, and for our organization. The thing about relationships is huge, but I think what we've done as a team collectively is built momentum for this organization, and that's what we've seen, and that's going to serve us well. And just the, the horsepower that this organization has, the relationships that Jeff talked about, the professionals, and that we all learned on the job. We all fine-tuned our skills, and now that what we have and with this new stadium and the new practice facility coming and and an organization with Coach Zimmer and the, and, the, and the great team that we have, great defense that we have. So we really have a, a lot of great things going at the organization. I think the stadium helped kind of lift lift all boats and and uh, and also just really gave this organization some momentum that we needed to 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 move on the field as well as off. I think we talked, Jeff. You your career kind of blossomed through this process, but Lester, you had done some things before this. I would imagine U.S. Bank Stadium is kind of your. Uh, most profound accomplishment, but what were some things you worked on before this that you think helped you? Yeah, incredible accomplishment for for everyone. But yeah, you know, because it took 16 years is is one thing. But no, I, I I did I did five years in Washington, worked in in public affairs and and worked in in campaigns and politics and public relations. So I had a a 20 year uh, career going in, not to date myself, but um, you know going in with with a pretty solid background in PR public affairs, uh, grassroots organizing, and working with some of the best companies uh, that do that thing, do that those things for, uh, for, uh, for a living uh, in Washington. And I lived in Boston and did that work in, in Madison, Wisconsin, Portland, Oregon. So it kind of made my way around the country, and it all kind of led to what this project needed in terms of coalition building, mobilizing fans, and and advocating publicly in, in, in a very difficult environment and uh, on a very challenging project in terms of public support and public money into a into a into a Viking stadium. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Post project documentation of this, fans if this if this conversation has wet their appetite for wanting to know more about the process, what are the plans for sharing the journey that was building US Bank Stadium for fans from a storytelling perspective? Yeah, I mean we we gathered so much content over the last three years that uh, we were able to, to launch a mini-series last year, that, that a seven-episode uh, mini-series just documenting the, the stadium. But uh, we're closing out on, a, on an hour-long documentary um, that will be broadcast here locally and hopefully nationally as well. That will come out shortly, you know, shortly in the next month, month or so. Um, we also have a coffee table book that we're working on uh, with the Minnesota Historical Society. So that will be out in November. Um, so there's, there's going to be some really cool opportunities for fans to to be able to kind of look all the way back to the legislative days and 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 we're able to tell the story all the way up through now. Lester Bagley and Jeff Anderson, thanks for your time. Great work on US Bank Stadium, you guys and your team, and thanks for telling the story here. Thank you, thanks, Bobby. All right. Great stuff as we peek inside the makings of US Bank Stadium with Lester Bagley and Jeff Anderson. 
more of an inside look at U.S. Bank Stadium coming up after the break with Vikings Vice President of Production and Content Brian Harper, my boss. But first, a programming note. Join host Mike Musman along with Vikings cornerback Terrence Newman for Vikings Country this Thursday at 5.30 p.m. at the Lookout in Maple Grove. You could win great prizes from the Vikings and Miller Lite, including tickets in the Miller Lite Lounge at U.S. Bank Stadium. Visit vikings.com slash vikingscountry for schedule and location. And please stay tuned for more Skull Stories. Welcome back. It's Skull Stories. I'm your host, Mike Wabshaw. We are talking about U.S. Bank Stadium. You should wear cool gear when you go to U.S. Bank Stadium, and you can get it at the Vikings Locker Room Store. Brand new exclusive inaugural season gear has just arrived at the Vikings Locker Room Store. Now open at U.S. Bank Stadium for novelty items and apparel. Visit the official Vikings Locker Room Store at Mall of America, U.S. Bank Stadium, and online at vikingslockerroom.com. All right, we continue the conversation about U.S. Bank Stadium with Vikings Vice President of Production and Content, Brian Harper. My boss, Vikings Vice President of Content and Production, Brian Harper. Hey, boss. How you doing, Mike? I'm good. Did you have a big sigh of relief after the game Sunday night? Did you just pass out? Were you too wired up to pass out? What happened? I was I was way too wired up. I didn't end up hitting the pillow until about 5.30 in the morning. Aside from being the uh, patriarch, I guess we'd say, of the Vikings Entertainment Network, Brian also is in charge of, as part of that function, the in-game entertainment at Vikings home games. So you can imagine, everyone listening, that Sunday night was a busy night for Brian, but it was busier in the years, literally the years leading up to the Week 2 game against the Packers. It's not very often you have to prepare for years to put on entertainment for a home game, but you did in this case. Absolutely, and that's you're exactly right. Um, you know, once we understood that we were going to be moving on from the Metrodome, um, it was actually kind of a blessing in disguise to be able to play a couple years at the University of Minnesota. Um, they had they have some decent toys over there. You know, the nice video board, low proximity video board, which is similar in proximity uh, to our West End Zone board. Uh, so it gets you kind of in that frame of mind and get to start play playing with uh, with that technology and figure out, you know, try some things out, see what's going to work, and, and, and get ready for U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's been a you know a couple of years for sure where we've really been figuring out what's the best way to approach this, uh, you know, essentially the September 18th game. When you think entertainment and the NFL, you think about the action that happens on the field during the game, and that certainly is what everyone is there to see. But there's stuff that goes on before and during the game, and that's – that's your expertise. So I'm just going to I'm going to recite a list right now and I'll just let you take it from there. Part of the entertainment on Sunday night, DJ Ski, Jordan Sparks with the national anthem, the Purple People Eaters, Fran Tarkenton, and the Minnesota Orchestra. Prince tribute. All of that stuff happened. How did it all come together? Yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of hard work. A lot of planning and a lot of great people involved that are willing to, you know, make the sacrifice and and understand that we have a responsibility to our fans to provide, you know, the best possible experience that you could get, um, 
you know, not only at an NFL game, but just at an entertainment, you know, venue in general. Um, you only open a stadium once, uh, and we were very, very aware of that, you know, the whole time as we went through the process. So when it came down to, like, you know, it's midnight or 1 o'clock and, you know, I'm tired, I want to go home and get some rest, but you know if you go home that something's going to be sacrificed. We, you know, we didn't do that, and that's, you know, it's a credit to the entire Vikings Entertainment Network staff. Um, so Sunday night for me, 20-year uh, career, definitely number one. Wow, on on, a, on the list, um, you know, I had a feeling that it would be, and um, it was it was very, um, uh, I, I guess I, I was just so happy uh, and overwhelmed, a sensory overload, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, with everything that took place during pregame and to see the fans in the building in their seats. You know, you, you we've tried before. You know, you put messaging out on your platforms and say, "Hey, get into the building early." We've got some something pretty special going on, but everybody's has their traditions. They like to tailgate. I totally understand that and respect it. And and um, and for this game, you know, they came in to to see what we had, and and I think they're glad that they did. Uh, the people that weren't in in time, you know, probably feel like they missed something. But I looked out in the bowl, and it was it was pretty full. Yeah. And so the, you know, the first thing we hit was that the, the welcome home video that Ahmad Rashad did, which I mean, that in itself was a huge project that. You know, our producer, Nate Vaughn, uh, handled it, and uh, it's, it's, it's one of the best videos I've ever seen. And you just have um, emotions and spine tingling and, yeah. you know, goosebumps, all that stuff throughout, you know, the five-minute video. The, the, it was people were cheering at different highlights, and you could just see that any Vikings fan, you know, just has so many benchmark moments through their fandom. And these were all featured in this video. And, and, and Ahmad is, I mean, he's, he's the best. I mean, yep. you couldn't have anybody better than that do that. Then, um, you know, the next thing up really that we were looking forward to is, is unveiling that, you know, the Viking, the Vikings chant, uh, which is, which comes from the Viking war chant from the Icelandic national soccer team from, you know, um, but then that process, you know, when, once we got into that, uh, or once that happened in the uh, European championships, I mean, I got, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I got a hundred emails or text messages from different fans that have my number that are like, oh, we've got to do this, yeah. you know, or Facebook posts or whatever. And I mean, and I saw it too and instantly thought that, but then once you actually get into the details and find out that it's called the Viking war chant and that Icelanders consider themselves Vikings, I mean, the, the tie-in couldn't have been better. I mean, we're the only team in the NFL that could, that could do this. Um, and I know that, you know, oh, you come up with an original idea or whatever. But, I mean, this is this is unique to us. Like I said, we're the only ones that could do something like this. And so we're tweaking it a little bit. And we, we called them. We reached out to them and said, hey, what do you think? Are you interested in working with us on this? If they would have said no, then we, we, we might have went a different direction. But they were all about it. Uh, and they've helped us, you know, kind of prepare a plan, make sure we get it right. Um, I had no idea that the mountain from Game of Thrones – Thor Bjornsson is his name. Uh, I had no idea that he was from Iceland. They told us that he was from Iceland and that he would be a great person for this project. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's why you take these roads and, and try to do this. You really turn over every stone you can to make it into the best thing possible. And uh, so the fact that he got on board and Aaron Gunnarsson, the the captain, got on board uh, so quickly, and they're texting and, and emailing. You know, how's it going? You know, they're <laughs> wanting to know how it's going. It's like that's in the awesome. in the morning. You know, there. 
Uh, they do have NFL football on. They have a broadcast network over there. And so we, we have a whole entire, I know it's a small island in the middle of the ocean, but we have an, we have an island of 600,000 people there who uh, are 99% of them are consider yeah. themselves Minnesota Vikings fans now. Yep. So that's a that's a good thing. And we'll, we'll see where it goes. And, you know, we were one game into it, but I couldn't have been more happy at how it went. I think the fans were, I mean, they're banging on my window. Somehow, after doing it one time, they realize that it comes from this booth. They're banging on my, on my window, wanting it. Do it and I'm again. like, there's certain rules. I can't do it right now. Yeah. You know, there, I have to really, it's, it's, it's a tight, there's a few tight windows where we have to do it. But uh, we've started something, and we'll let the fans take it from here because they're, uh, we got the smartest fans in yeah. the league, and yeah, look forward to that. And then you know, you you interweave in the game the purple people eaters who were the honorary captains, Bud Grant sounding the Galler horn, Fran Tarkinson and Chris Carter in the building. Yeah, uh, interviews with Greg Coleman during the game. So here you are trying to use modern technology to enhance the fan experience and help create an atmosphere that will benefit the team. But you are working for a football team that is a classic brand that really adores its history. Okay, so you have to kind of meld uh, old school and old time with modern technology, right? Is that kind of the theme of the the pregame buildup? Well, yes. Um, you can't open a building. You can't. I mean, you have to recognize the great history that this franchise has, and you see it throughout the building and the artwork. It's intertwined into the building and and go to the Viking voyage and look how, you know, all that history is blended in, you know, and that's open to fans. So we're proud about how we can, you know, intertwine alumni into the game experience and then take that down to the the field and you have a couple of alumni interviews that Greg Coleman's handling on the sideline and, um, like you said, the Purple People Eaters as our honorary captains. I mean, just look for those ways to continue to connect with our great, great alumni base uh the fans love it there's so much history there so many stories um and they're appreciative too so it's just it's the right thing to do and it makes all the sense in the world uh to do so so i'm, I'm happy that we have such a willing uh and able group of alumni and you know so you're, you're not you're not going to see this go away this will always be there using modern technology along with alumni to create an atmosphere that's awesome is an unusual but effective mixture so is football and an orchestra that's an unusual mixture but it worked and you did it at halftime yeah you know i think well first of all i mean if you listen to nfl films music everybody always talks about how how great nfl films music is uh and that's all orchestral based yeah um you know for the most part and um we have one of the best orchestras in the world right here in in Minnesota, literally right down the road. Right. Uh, so I've actually been talking to them for quite some time. And the fact that this came together is, I mean, you've got a, a new venue opening to its, to its fans, to the state, and they're, and they're Minnesotan and capable of putting on the best, you know, performance. Something you're looking for is a, is a great performance. I mean, we wanted this halftime show to be very Minnesota based. Yeah. Um, in fact, like 90% of the people who worked on this halftime show are from Minnesota. Um, we could have went out and got a big concert act or, you know, anything like that. But that, I don't know, it just wouldn't have been us. So, um, 
you know, the thought was to put on a great Super Bowl caliber halftime show. Obviously, we weren't going to have the time available uh, to do a Super Bowl halftime show. So I worked with the league to get an extra minute, which is huge. When it takes two minutes to get your set items on the field and then two minutes to get off and you want to get off the field in time for the kickers to come out and get their stuff done, the players get on the field, and in time for the second half kickoff, you have to meet those times. So that gives you a short time window. It's really hard to do a, a big production in that window. Uh, so, you know, we're obviously tasked with so many things to put the stadium together. So we, you know, we put together a great production crew, um, Michael Sean, who's done, you know, Olympic stuff and uh, Pan American games and um, major, major events. Uh, he's, he's from here, lives in Edina. Wow. And, um, you know, got him on board to kind of put together a, an extended crew and, and organize this thing. And then, uh, when, uh, you know, unfortunately, when Prince passed away, it, we, we kind of deviated a little bit from what the original plan was. And um, to be able to do this was, uh, I mean, it was a wonderful experience just from start to finish. And there were a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of ups and downs. Like, is are we going to be able to pull this off? Is it going to work? Uh, the technology involved and, you know, having to go through a tight schedule in the building and uh, so many people had to play a role in, in this in this working and when it, we actually get get to the point where okay here we go and the fact that it came out the way that it did I mean I, I couldn't be more happy and, and honored to have been a part of it and to have worked with such great people through the process last unusual mixture that worked a fire breathing dragon <laughs> in snow for the introductions of the players yeah you know we had the inflatable ship at the dome for all those years and it became you know kind of an expectation oh this the ship the ship well you don't do inflatable ships anymore you don't do inflatables at all and you definitely don't want an inflatable is not going to fit in this building so um again another piece where there was a lot of collaboration where you get your you know the designers of the stadium and the materials and things that are used and i mean if you look at that ship it's got the metals, the textured metals and so forth that, that make up the ship, the shields, the artistic type shields that you can see throughout the building that are very accurate to Viking history. Um, and then, you know, there's always a dragon on the front of a Viking ship. I mean, outside on the on the Medtronic Plaza and uh, the, the legacy ship is, is, um, is, is fantastic. And so to be able to put that in the building and, and again, several several months or even a year uh to get that that project done and then to see it actually on game day um shooting flames 30 feet out of its mouth i mean i don't think anybody expected that they they, no. they saw the dragon head on the ship and they're like man that's cool that's really really cool and then when the fire comes out everybody's like whoa right. you know and that's exactly what we were hoping for you know it's 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 important to get the fans hyped and to get the players hyped and if everybody's in their seats 15 minutes before the game, then they're going to see our show. They're going to participate in the pregame Viking chant. They're going to see starting lineups with uh, pyrotechnics and the the snow effect coming out of the ship. I mean, again, who else could do that, right? Um, it, we're trying to tell a story, essentially, from the 15-minute mark before kickoff all the way through kick. And it's not just, you know, okay, here's now it's time for the anthem. Now it's time for this. It's just one continuous story that runs through it. And you just put everything you have into it and make this experience the best it can be and hope that Vikings fans appreciate it and, and take a part of it and it becomes a sense of community. 
Well, I think you succeeded. I mean, Minnesota is not glitzy and glamorous, uh, but the the production was for that for that game, and it wasn't so much so that it felt out of place. It was a great blend of everything you just talked about. So, congratulations on getting it done. And there's not really a letdown. The next game there is a Monday Night Football game. Yeah. So you know we just keep rolling. No rest. No, we don't have any. So congratulations. Breathe a sigh of relief, but get back to work because we have a Monday night game coming up. <laughs> you bet, Wabi. Right. You, you too. Okay, I will. All right, unfortunately, that's all the time we have tonight for Skull Stories. We thank Lester Bagley, Jeff Anderson, and Brian Harper for joining us. And we want to tell you about next week's show. We have a purple people eater who will be in the house. Legendary Viking Carl Eller, a Hall of Famer, a Vikings Ring of Honor member, and a member of the Purple People Eaters. He will join us on next week's Skull Stories. On behalf of producer Nate Vaughn, I'm your host, Mike Wabshaw. This episode of Skull Stories is over. Thanks for listening and have a great night.